When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 148. Today's episode is all about aligning with unity. Everything, especially all of our choices, are 100% right in every moment. So when we go and we beat ourselves up about anything that we're doing or happening or feeling or thinking or we're really uselessly adding more just time wasting to our paths only because everything is accepted by the highest consciousness with such joy and such love and such gratitude from sort of the higher levels of consciousness because everything is part of the all that is and every single thing is needed. So all of those versions of vibrations, whichever one you choose to experience, whether you choose to be in a bad mood or have a fight with someone or you choose to be what you call the best version of yourself, every single one of them is the best version of ourselves. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends. First of all, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you're always updated about new episodes. Plus, you want to know basically the best way to give back to your favorite podcasts? actually go to the iTunes app and leave a five-star review. Reviews are scientifically proven to make me love you more. That's just how it is. I love you when you leave me a review. You sit in my heart for days at a time. No, but seriously, they really help the growth of the show. They're probably the number one thing that you can do besides supporting my sponsors or joining the membership. So it's an easy, free way to give back to a podcast you love. And if you do leave me a review, send it to me at mindlovemelissa on Instagram, and I'll send you a free meditation track. But now let's get to the good stuff. Let's try a little thought experiment. What if all of your pain came back to one thing? All the depression, the anxiety, loneliness, addictions, anger, relationship problems, self-destruction, racism, the division in the world? What if it all came back to just separation? Separation happens on the macro and the micro levels. For example, when we go through a trauma, a part of us becomes fragmented. And that whole healing process is about integrating this big painful thing that happened with who we are now and how we relate to the world. And then on the macro level, I think that the big pursuit in this whole human journey is to remember who we truly are, to find unity with the divine in all of us, within everything that we see. How can there be racism if you recognize another culture as a reflection of you? How can there be true loss when everything is connected, always? How can you feel unworthy when you identify with the divine pulsing through your veins? How can you destroy the planet or mistreat animals or hate another human or dislike yourself? How can you put money over good when you really truly know in your core 
that everything is one and everything is made up of God. But then the question becomes, how do we find that unity? If that's been the goal of the human experience since the beginning of time, are we getting any closer? From the looks of things, it doesn't really seem like it. And if that's the case, how do we hold on to hope that anything's going to get any better? Personally, I have a lot of hope. And not just because I find it counterproductive not to. I think we're going through a transition right now. And sometimes the transition is messy and uncomfortable. It reminds me of the time that I read Marie Kondo's The Art of Tidying Up. My house was pretty neat, but I was ready to up-level. I knew that there were things below the surface, the things that I just kept shoving away, that I needed to take care of, that I needed to get organized. Well, her process includes first taking everything I own out of closets and drawers so I could take a good, honest look at the things that I have. And then from there, choose the things to keep that bring me joy and release the things that aren't serving me or that I don't need anymore. So in the beginning, my whole mess was just laid out there. And I remember thinking, okay, this has just made everything a whole lot worse. How the F am I going to get through this? And then came the work going through one item at a time, being willing to show up and take a good look at all the shit I'd been holding on to for God knows how many years, bringing my baggage from one place to the next, just shoving the thing I didn't want to deal with into the back of another dark closet. Okay, now zoom out for a second. What if this crazy period that we're going through is a collective Marie Kondoing of the planet? We're bringing all of our crap to the surface and dealing with it one issue at a time. And it's messy and hard and ugly, but it needs to be so that we can actually sort through our darkness and bring it to the light instead of just shoving it into the back of another figurative closet. What if we're in the process of ascension right now? And if that's the case, what are we being called to do? We don't just ascend by default. We have to choose that path as individuals and as a collective. Just saying that last part, I can feel the only child in me bubbling up and rebelling. The idea of choosing things as a collective has always made me uncomfortable. I never really chose team sports or wanted to work in groups because I didn't want someone else's behavior to affect my outcome. So how am I supposed to trust my fellow humans to choose the highest path? especially given how I'm seeing a lot of people showing up right now. Well, that's the cool part. And one of the really eye-opening things we're going to talk about today, choosing for yourself and activating that part of you within your whole being is enough. That doesn't mean the whole world is on your shoulders or that you're influencing the entire world based on what you decide, but it does mean that you have more control over your reality than you think you do that maybe you access a different frequency or a different realm of this reality that's in alignment with the frequency that you're choosing. So today we're diving into this with Jesse Herman. Jesse is a transformational coach and pranic energy healer who is also the channel through which the non-physical entity group known as Vagrian flows. You know how much I love my channels. Well, Vagrian, the entity that she channels, is all about love and wisdom and a message of unity, consciousness, and self-acceptance. So three key things we will learn are how we limit ourselves in the present based on past experiences, how to expand our perception from 3D to 5D, and our individual roles in the collective conscious. But before we dive in, do you ever wish you could start each day on a more positive note? 
Just sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational messages right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start their day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. It's kind of like your own personal inspiration oracle. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do, like a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a booklet of my personal power lists to help you gain clarity and live each day with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, text the word MORNING to 33777. That's MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Jesse Herman to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I want to start out with your story. I am just so intrigued by people who are able to channel. For some reason, I've always been drawn to it. It's some of my favorite texts that have come out. Um, I'm a big fan of Paul Selig and um, Esther Hicks and all that. So tell me about your story. How did you connect with this part of life, you, you the universe? <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess the story itself would go all the way back to childhood and when I always had odd abilities, let's say, or I would see things that weren't there or, you know, I could identify them as like either deceased people or beings or something not, you know, normal. You know, my family kind of were very realistic or realists and they were like, you know, it's her imagination. She's very imaginative. She's very creative. Up until a certain point and at a certain age, it became like, stop trying to get attention. Why are you always saying these strange things? Please, you know, we don't want to hear about that anymore. So this was around the age of, I guess, school age. I guess they, they got a little bit anxious about that aspect and it kind of got a bit shut down and, and became my own private world. It never quite went away. But um, as the years went on, uh, I guess I learned as you do to have a coping mechanism to repress that and sort of like push it as far away as I could get it to go. So it didn't really influence, you know, my teen years that much, even though, you know, there was lots of other stuff going on. But I always had an interest in spirituality or even, you know, religious aspects, not maybe the rules of religions, but um, the holy nature of like reverence was something that I was very attracted to. And so, you know, figured, oh, maybe I'm interested in, you know, Ouija boards, maybe I'm interested in this, maybe I'm interested in that. And and kind of left it as like a hobby slash something that I shouldn't really look into, but never really thought about it too much. Then when I was pregnant, I started uh, with my first my daughter, who's nine now. I was looking for like pregnancy meditations for helping with labor, you know. So that's when I really sort of first thought about, hey, you know, maybe I should start meditating. And uh, that was my first real taste of meditation, something I would thought was silly beforehand, I guess, even. And then, you know, that was whatever it was. And labor was a bit, tra not traumatic, but had its aspects of being something that wasn't as I had expected. And I struggled with that afterwards. But having a newborn, I didn't have time to get help for that struggling, you know, as many new moms do. So uh, what ended up happening was I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to go back to that tool I'd learned in pregnancy, which is the meditation. And that's when I really started getting into meditation as something that was going to serve me. Around the same time, these sensations that I'd had that I remembered from being as a kid, either whether it was like not quite hearing voices, but like a knowing, 
like just knowing stuff or feeling stuff that wasn't there started to come back in, you know, as I was meditating more and more. And so I tried to push that away. I didn't want to be strange. I had this new baby. I didn't want to have this weird aspect of my life. I just want a normal, you know, I'm a mom now. I just want to have a normal life. And what ended up happening was probably a friend of mine who I hadn't seen for 15 years. I guess this was the first like confirmation that something was going on. He committed suicide. Another friend had told me several days later, but the two days earlier, I'd started hearing his voice in my head. Just sort of like completely joyous, completely joyous voice of him like wanting to hang out. And and it was just so odd. So um, what ended up happening with that was that I ended up painting a portrait of him, which I was then instructed to get to his family, who I didn't know. So it was a bit of like, a, oh, God, no. Like, like one of those things you see like in a movie about mediumship, like, I don't want to deliver this painting to this family. I don't know how they're going to take it. Whatever. Anyhow, it went great. And um, they, they loved the painting. And I guess there was some healing happening in that sort of interaction and me having the middle point of that interaction. And then we come to channeling the entity group that I channel now. Vagrian was some years later after my son was born. It was actually only like a year and a half ago when it was my birthday and I'm walking through the kitchen. All these, like from the time I heard from my friend, all these weird things were happening again. And I was trying to push them away and go, no, I want to be normal. My meditation practice increased. I studied a lot more on non-duality and self-realization. And I'm standing in my kitchen. I get this like invitation I guess you would call it like this invitation to like do this thing for the hundredth time. I said, you know what? It's my birthday. Today is my 40th birthday. If I don't do it now, when am I going to do this thing? Like, let's see what happens. So I took my phone and I put a recording app on it and I lay down on my bed, hit record and it just happened. They were just there ready to go. you know. And I just haven't stopped since because uh, it, it just, it's like when that dam was broken, there it was there was no reason to keep the water in anymore. Like there's it's just gone. So that's how um that's how the story came to be with, with the channeling. So I guess it's something that was always there, but I was holding on so hard to not let it through that it just it just came all at once. So Yeah, I believe my intuitive gifts would be a knowing, but I did I still have plenty of development to do. But it's something that I try to get in touch with. I've spoken to so many people who have that connection. And so I've spent a lot of time just trying to figure out. I definitely don't get visuals. I don't. I've gotten it a couple of times, usually right after a plant medicine ceremony. (laughs) Um, But then, uh, yeah, or I don't really hear the voices although I've experienced it a couple times, usually right after plant medicine as well. But there's, I've always had some interesting kind of knowing. I'll just sort of know things or I'll, and I used to just think maybe I just jump to conclusions really quickly, you know, because a lot of times my experience with life is that I know something and then I go try to find if there's actually evidence to back that up. And often it does. And, and sometimes I'm like, oh, interesting. I'm curious though, did you ever have a fear of these gifts? When did you know that it was a blessing and not a curse? We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. 
He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash MindLove. Did you ever have a fear of these gifts? When did you know that it was a blessing and not a curse? Um, I think I believed it was a curse up until about a month after I was already doing it. You know, like it was, <laughs> <laughs> and like now it's, the funniest thing is it, the only reason why it's not a curse now is because all the things that I believed why it was a curse, they didn't come to pass. Like the ideas I had in my head about like being ostracized or, you know, people thinking I was strange or not relating to me in the same way. They just didn't happen to the point of me being almost disappointed because I was like, wait a minute, I had all these stories in my head and actually nobody cares at all. Like nobody finds it weird. Everyone kind of just went, well, yeah, of course you're like, of course that's what you're doing now because you're you. Like it's almost like everybody knew, even the people who aren't interested at all in spirituality. They were like, of course, yeah, that's you. That's how you are. I had a lot of fear that was like, I guess, socially based that would have been like, oh, I can't do this thing. And I would look at other people who had gifts, knowing there was something I didn't know was channeling at the time. I knew there was something like wanting to come through. And I would look at other people and I'd be like, how, how does this person like turn around and just say like, this is what I do, you know, like this is who I am. And I would look at them and go, how do you get to that point? And for me, it was just like one day I wasn't and then I was. So wow. You know, it's just like, that is the blessing. The blessing was being able to let go of that fear. And so it was like, that was the exchange. It's like, okay, I do this work for this group. And the exchange is no longer having to carry around the baggage of not doing this work. You know, like it's, um, it's, it's really quite, quite spectacular. And back to what you were saying about the knowing the way like when I'm channeling, it's very different than any of the gifts that come through when I'm conscious. So like my conscious knowing or like what happened with my friends or that kind of thing is more like I am doing something. 
Whereas the only thing I do with channeling is like allow permission. That's all, like, that's the only thing I do. I can't take any credit for any of that. Like there's nothing of me in that. So I just go, okay, you guys have the driving wheel and I just step out of the way. So it's from my experience with channeling, it's like, it's simply the ability to, to just surrender to something that's already there. Right. And so you were saying how that first experience of just showing up ready to write or, or record or whatever, what's that feeling like where it's like, I feel like something's waiting to come through. What, how can you describe that? Well, it's, yeah, it's funny because my relationship with the entity group is like, I I wouldn't even say love, hate. It's almost comical. Okay. So like my personal relationship with them, because there was all those years of like not allowing them through and their complete patience with that, you know? So I went back um, on my computer after I started channeling and I found some like written channeling that I didn't even at the time, like give any credit to or whatever. And I went back and I reread it and all this stuff was like, there's no rush. Don't worry. We're waiting for you. And I just thought at the time it was like four years earlier that I was just, you know, crazy or drank too much or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> I hadn't had enough sleep or whatever. What, why am I writing this thing? And so the day that I kind of went like, fine, it was more like a, fine, fine. You want to see it's not going to work. It was more like, um, like a, my stubbornness going like, you know what, <laughs> of course this isn't going to work. And, <laughs> and so to my surprise, when I came out of like the trance and played the damn, the thing back, I was like, Oh, <laughs> it was more like a, okay, now what type of thing. And then it took a couple of weeks until I met, they even said in that, in one of those first sessions, like your earth group is like going to form around you. So don't even stress. And within a couple of weeks, uh, you know, a couple of women came into my life that were just like super supportive, already interested in channeling, already reading books on channeling. And I kept it like I hadn't even mentioned it to them for the first four days. I knew them, even though they were like around going like, oh, we love channeling. And on the fourth day, I was like, guys, uh, sh- should we do an experiment? <laughs> <laughs> and they were all in. And so that's what really got got sort of the public, more, more public side of things going, you know. It's interesting yeah, so because it's fun. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because to have that kind of access to the other side, to I view it as a pure line of truth, because here we're so muddled with, like you said, so many of what your thoughts of this was going to be like was based on approval or based on what society was going to say, acceptance, approval, all those things that we human, the ego side of us do. And I do really believe that so much of this life is a dismantling of our conditioning. And so it's like we're kids and we're just these pure little energy beings. And then we learn how to be a grown up and what not to do in public and how not to speak so loud and what's expected of us and how to look and all this stuff. And then it's like a lot of us get to a point where we're like, there's more than this. This isn't making me happy like the world promised it would. And then it's the process of unlearning and dismantling all that. And so it's interesting, though, because just because you have that direct line of truth doesn't mean that your whole ego self is going to automatically shift to that. So have you, there have been times where you've experienced like some sort of cognitive dissonance about who your ego human wanted to be and what information you were receiving. Oh yeah, absolutely. All the time. And it, and it's quite funny because Vagrin will often actually make fun of me in the sessions, like (laughs) to the group, they'll, they'll poke fun at me, you know? And like, I don't know, I'll have like this big long monologue, like before I go into trance and like the first thing they'll say is, well, she's really wordy, isn't she? You know? So they'll, (laughs) 
they'll make like jokes on my <laughs> at my expense at times when I'm maybe taking myself too seriously or sort of like the things that they see that can be tweaked they'll they'll point the finger at but the the way I understand our relationship is that they're never going to push me you know they might sit and talk to, to a questioner and and like be very blunt and direct but they still have to have my permission before they're going to intervene in my life. And and honestly, like I don't go, personally, I don't go to them that often for advice or or counsel, you know, even though they're constantly there. So that's like it's the beautiful, like knowing almost like knowing you have your parent to like fall back on. But you're still like, I want to make my own mistakes, you know, <laughs> or I want to I have my own experience. So it's quite nice that I have this like ability to not necessarily have to constantly refer back to that level of of awareness because you would like if you're still in a human in a human process you'd have to have a level of self-love so enormous to be able to then decondition all the things and not go into some state of like auto critical reflection you know Right. But, it almost um, seems like it would be like having a micromanager. If like you could never shut that off and you were always yeah. like you go and you do something and you're talking to a friend and it's like, you shouldn't have said that or you could have said it this way. It, right. it would be so overwhelming. Like, just get off my back. Let me just have my friend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And that's that's almost exactly like how I am at times. I'm like, I'm not going to ask them because they're going to, they're not going to allow me to have this distortion, you know? And until I think until someone's ready or wanting to let go of certain distortions, you know, you have to go through the process of getting hurt by your by yourself, because it's basically what it is if you're having some sort of issue. Um, before you go, okay, you know what, I'm tired of this particular game. And now I'm going to move on to something else, you know, so yeah, they're constantly present, but they're not very much involved in my life, unless I go and ask specifically, in which case they're, you know, then the wisdom's there immediately. And it's often very humbling. <laughs> I was reading through some of the transcripts of your channeling sessions, and there was this one part that I really loved. But you you basically said that when we're opening up to these kind of otherworldly feelings, we have these feelings and sensations, but what we try to do is we label them based on our limited perspective or a 3D perspective. And so the labels that we give them aren't accurate. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means to you? Um, from my understanding of that particular part, they were suggesting to the person who was asking the question to allow the sensations that they were unfamiliar with to be unfamiliar so as to be able to experience them fully. Because the moment you go and you try and label something with this with something you know, obviously, you're reducing the experience to something that's actually happened in your past because you only know it because it's been in the past, but something's actually new and hasn't existed before, then you don't get the full benefit of it the moment you then associate it to something that's happened in the past. So he, was, he they, whatever, were suggesting to, um, to release into that sensation and allow it to be whatever it is with an intention of non-judgment and an intention of allowing it to saturate them at its complete um, intensity. So um, I think that's the part that you were referring to. Yeah, there. it brought up a few different ideas for me. And one of them, I actually had this experience. I don't know if you've done plant medicine or psychedelics of any sort, but I was doing an, a ceremony and I remember having this kind of moment of, of sitting in it and being like, if I was only focusing on my body sensations right now, this would be a scary experience because, you know, your heart beats a little bit faster. You feel a little bit different. 
And I've experienced those things before in negative situations. It was one of my first times experiencing this particular thing, but I had heard a lot about it. I read a lot about it and I was ready to make the new experience. And so the moment that you can kind of go back and forth if you're doing something that affects your body in some sort of way. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is scary. Oh no, it's not. Or this is scary. Oh no, it's not. And so I was shifting in between those two. And I remember actually thinking, no, allow this to create its own meaning. Don't identify it with something in the past. Otherwise I'm going to lose all of the growth and expansion from this. And for some reason, when I read that, I had this like flashback to a few years ago when I was experiencing this. And it is so true though, because it's like, I know people who have tried different things and they're like, oh no, I can't do that because I just get anxiety or I can't do that because of this. And it's like, no, that's what you know anxiety to be. And that's a very minor part of it. But it's like, I was a party girl back in the day. I I did a lot of different drugs that I shouldn't have done, you know, and it's just so funny looking back now. And it's like a lot of those actually have that anxiety feeling, but I knew I was going there to like rage or whatever my 25 year old self was trying to do. (laughs) And instead it's like some joyous occasion. It's just so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I remember back in an episode about we were talking about how our words really describe our reality too. And I think that it's that willingness or that tendency, I would say, to label what we're going through, immediately want to give a name to it, where that can be helpful. It can be a tool, but it also can box you into only the th- those things that you've experienced before. And one of these, the this study that I read about was that people with limited vocabularies actually have a lower range of emotions because they only know how to box it into angry, jealous, happy. Whereas then there's other people that know the word perplexed and invigorated and enthusiastic, and they automatically experience those as a different way because they, they have meaning for those. So I'm wondering, have you found a way to basically be able to open up and experience something new? What's your process for not categorizing it, not labeling it, and just kind of opening and receiving it as something that you're creating meaning for in the moment? And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. 
all the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's your process for not categorizing it, not labeling it, and just kind of opening and receiving it as something that you're creating meaning for in the moment? I think maybe that comes with practice. I guess it's funny. I have like high levels of like nihilism or apathy, or I have in the past, at least as a teenager, definitely had like a lot of apathy. And I think that's actually, well, we're just labeling it, but it's what it is, is the non-attachment in a way to having to make meaning. So even with the channeling, I don't have any attachment to any of it, really, or any meaning or even what comes through. You know, I don't go back and like listen to it until I see it transcribed by my team. So there's a disinterest, but at the same time, a thorough experiencing of the moment. So I think that if you can apply that sort of skill to your everyday life, your emotions will get much richer because you're actually experiencing them as opposed to directly going to the intellectual sort of like cognate what what is this what does this mean to me and what does this mean for my future and what is this referring to in my past for me like the labeling or labeling anything really is falling away i think with time um it becomes less interesting less of an interesting pastime and it does maybe make things more difficult to share with others because you do have to find a common ground and in fact sort of like even like the name of the entity group having to choose an entity name because otherwise people don't know what you're talking about. It's just an example of that, you know, non-physical energy is all inclusive and then it gets reduced to language when you're channeling. So it's like, I can never, I would never be able to express everything that comes through in the channeling sessions. Like there's visuals, there's, there's, there's tactile sensations, there's flavors in my mouth. I mean, if they're giving an example of something, they've even made fun of me for this because sometimes they'll give an example for something like they'll describe a butcher shop and they'll, all they'll say in the channeling is butcher shop. But I'm like, my consciousness is like plonked into a butcher shop with like someone killing a cow and it's like, there's blood, everywhere, you know, and that <laughs> never gets shared with who I'm channeling to. But then I'll come out of the channel and be like, Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> like it's so intense and so present. The language is a very reduced version of what, you know, all that is, is. So when you start to sort of tap into maybe higher consciousness or you tap into your own inner self and your your own inner being, it does become more expansive and language becomes so restrictive that you, you start to lose the passion of finding words for things. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to sort of like going internally and becoming more silent and trying to find what does this feel like, not just in your body, but what does this feel like in like your your aura or your ethereal body, you know, what is this thing or this non-thing as it turns out eventually. (laughs) So um, when you look at your life from when this first started happening to now, how do you think it's really affected your transformation? Like what are the biggest takeaways that you yourself have received from them? Hmm. Well, I'm a hundred percent more me, you know, Um, this really feels like it was always, in the cards, there was always a calling, or was always just go- going to be. Um, and I, and at the same time, I don't know if it will be forever. You know, there's sort of like no guarantees that they'll pop up the next time I sit down to channel. 
And that is a very, very enjoyable feeling and very relaxing feeling. So it's like, ah, okay, I'm here. Like I've arrived to where I was meant to be going. And I think with that and that acceptance of self and that self-love and that sort of knowing that you're okay, um, what's happened is I've really relaxed into being able to focus more on my meditation, focus more on my own path and, and balance that. So whereas at times maybe I was very much overly focused on meditation and sort of the spiritual world, I'm now able to sort of really bring it back to, okay, this is the life that I'm actually here to live as well. You know, not even just the channeling, but even just being with friends or, or with my family or being a mom at this point is much nicer than it was um, at the beginning when it was like, ah, this is all I do or, you know, whatever my story was to myself. And I think from them, there's this knowing that there's so much more. And I've had glimpses, you know, thanks to them, like I said, the times that I do ask them to participate in my experience of like pure bliss, like the world has dissolved in front of my senses and a complete understanding of the makeup of existence is like replaced in the scenescape. And you're just like, oh, my God, I, I get it. Like, I get this and tears and just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's really been amazing. Really amazing. I found that with 2020, it's been an awakening for a lot of people in a lot of different areas of life. And as much as it's been an awakening for some people to focus on the spiritual, I know that for a lot of others, it's been difficult to connect with that side because they're so engrossed in what's going on in the world. And you said a few things like this understanding that you're okay and this understanding that there's so much more than what's going on right here. How has your experiences channeling and uh, with this entity changed your perspective or how does it make your perspective different about what's going on in the world right now than maybe what you're seeing in the collective? The way I see what's happening in the world is that we're being called to make decisions. It's it's pretty much in line with what Bagrian um, speaks of on, in the channeling since it started and so. Uh, we've been we're being called to make decisions, and the way that we are going to come to decision is by having appropriate emotional response that lets us know what we truly want. And because there's been a habit of indecisiveness in the collective about what we truly want, we haven't really had a collective like, hey, we all want clean air or we all want to feed children. Like there hasn't been this collective like, yes, of course, that's what we want to do, or we all want to kill whatever. You know, there hasn't been this connection between all of us we're basically indecisive so what's being presented to us and offered to us now is an opportunity to get uncomfortable enough to make some very important choices on how we want to move forward what is happening is allowing us to feel that discomfort and to then see where okay where is it that we can find comfort again in what ways can we find comfort again which direction do we want to go in which direction don't we want to go in i think though that the way i see the overall conclusion of this particular question is a little bit different than some people say or see it because some people say okay we don't want to have we don't want to have vaccines and others say we do want to have vaccines or some say oh we don't want to have this anymore but we do want to have this okay i don't see it like that what I see the choice is, is the choice is between unification and not unification on the concepts or the theories or whatever, but unification in a core way or separation. 
And the unification in a core way that I'm talking about is the ceasing of any form of separation within each individual. Because once that happens, it's automatic that there will be cooperation and cohesiveness between the collective. But it can only happen for each person on an individual basis. So each person has to look at their life as a whole and go, where is it that I am not acting from unity? Where is it that I'm not feeling from unity? Where is it that I'm not expressing from unity or everything? And then either make the changes that then align with unity or allow themselves to continue to be made more uncomfortable until they either make that choice or not. But the not involves the discomfort. So it's like we all, or not even we all, each individual either aligns or doesn't. And you're not even aligning with anything external. You're just aligning with yourself at the end of the day. So the external stuff is all just going to keep stirring up that stuff inside of us. And it's normal that we're feeling negative things because the negative things are what needs to come out of us before we can feel the unity. So it's like a healing process. It's really beautiful, actually. And yes, there's a lot of what could be called suffering. And there's a lot of people in pain or in fear. And I think it's absolutely necessary to have compassion. But because compassion is a part of unity, you know, so we can't even like sort of take this like, oh, like superior, like, okay, no, that's your problem. And I'm spiritual and holier than thou and, and your problems are bringing me down. No, it has to be on a 360 level, this sort of like transformation that we're being asked to go through. And I think it'll take time. I think it'll take a bit more time until we all want to decide. And I think that it will take exactly the amount of catalyst that is necessary until we each do individually decide. So how do you decide in yourself or what word am I thinking of? Identify in yourself when you are not expressing from your unity. A lot of people might not even know what that feels like. They might think they are because they are having that holier than thou compassion, whatever it is. But what is your trigger where you're like, oh, this is where I need to transform or shift what I'm feeling a little bit? I think that I'm fortunate to have a pretty clear sensation of what the unity feels like now. You know, maybe a while ago I didn't have that, but it's it's like a level of simplicity. It's not even seeing the other as yourself, like as a mirror copy of yourself. It's like understanding that there's this complete fiber of interconnection and not you don't not do something negative to someone because you don't want it back on you. You do it because it is you to do it. Like that is your inner self. So you, the unity is actually in inside of you already. It's coming back to who you actually are. I don't think there's anyone on this planet who isn't perfectly good. I know that sounds maybe crazy and optimistic, but inside of each of us is this spark of the divine that is absolutely aware that we are all one. And so when I'm not coming from my uni, which, you know, I'm triggered all the time and things happen all the time, I know it because it's painful. And even if I think I'm right, if I think I'm right about something, it's painful. If I think, you know, <laughs> that's like a key. Like if I think I'm right and somebody else is wrong, that's for sure painful. But it's a it's a question of like, how, how painful does it need to be before you notice it's painful? So I think that's exactly what we're being asked. Like how painful do you need to, do you need to feel this before you see that it's painful? And when you look at the condition of like the world or the collective or whatever, it's pretty painful right now. Like, I don't understand how people are running around still thinking they're right about anything because the truth is, is like, we're all wrong. We're all guilty. We're, we all fucked up. 
Like, let's all take responsibility now and like reel it in, guys. Like, come on. So that's that's sort of like where I'm coming from. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And then even like me thinking that way is in part the same ego that's doing the same, you know? So it's this yeah. constant like checking and checking and checking, going, okay. So the only way is like to just chill and like come back and like go back inside. Go back inside and then try and bring that back out. So it's like a, it's breathing, basically. Breathe in, breathe out. So yeah. Right. It's I think so often we know in a way what the world needs to heal in some deep part of core of ourselves. Like I can I have that same the example that you just gave, I have all the time where I'm just like, come on guys, like everything's so separate, but at the same time I'm doing it. But the change never happens for me somehow expressing to everybody else what they need to do when I'm not doing it. Like that is not how life works. I always find that when I shift those things in myself, suddenly I'll start to see it reflected, you know, and it's like all of a sudden people in my life are doing similar things. And so maybe it's a sign how divisive do we see the world Maybe that's a reflection of how divided I feel inside or how conflicted I feel inside. And I know somebody had asked on one of your Q&As about ascension, and that's a word that that comes up a lot. Uh, Paul Selig talks about it in his new book. We talk about how we're going through this awakening and maybe ascension, and it does give me hope because I have found that any time in my life, my biggest changes have come from when I've hit my rock bottom in one area. You know, it's like you keep descending until all of a sudden it's like I can't anymore. It's too painful and you pop out of it. And so I'm sort of viewing the world as maybe that's what we're going through where it does feel so polarized and so divided, but maybe this is what we need to understand what it would be like to come together. And I'm not exactly sure how that will play out, I, but I do think it has something to do with how I show up in the world first, and then I'll get more clarity on that. And, and healing the world has nothing to do with me making sure that I share my views with everybody else. And you had said something in your response to that about how that while the collective does exist, there are infinite collectives, and the determining factor of the collective is the individual perspective of consciousness of the collective. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so that's sort of like a deeper level. That's that's the level they're at. <laughs> I'm not really like I don't get to that level very often unless I'm on my own and like totally in my zone or they're helping me. So we create our own reality. But it's not only our own reality, it's also the only reality and simultaneously one of the infinite realities of which we have control. <laughs> And because everything is interconnected and because time doesn't exist and because everything's infinite, it all gets a little trippy. But that particular question had to do with like what what's going to happen, right? So they, their, their constant teaching is what's going to happen is what you choose is going to happen. And it's not so much only with vibration like law of attraction teachings, which it is, but it's also you're going to choose it because it is what you want to happen because you are wanting inside of yourself to play a certain role, to have a certain experience and to exist in a certain way to learn specific things in this reality. They have also explained that this particular reality is not the only form of reality. There's also realities in which your consciousness, which isn't even yours because it's obviously universal consciousness, is simply a rock on a beach. And that is a reality. And maybe 
in that reality, it's not even a beach. You know, maybe it's something we can't even conceptualize. So in those types of responses, they try to expand your awareness so far past what we believe are our constraints that you actually do have a glimpse into what's relevant for you or for relevant for, you know, the questioner or, you know, whoever's, whoever's asking. So for that particular answer, they're talking about the collective having one sort of frame of what's happening and but you are the one who's created the collective to have that frame Mm -hmm. so you're the creator also of the collective and simultaneously in your creation you have created the collective to be an influence upon you so you've got this like spinning turbine thing going on with your consciousness that is perfectly created so that you can play the game of believing you're part of a collective and then having the stimulus from what you have created to be an entity group that is being channeled through a woman named Jessie <laughs> that tells you, that pops this idea in your head so that you could then contemplate, oh my God, you know, I'm creating the collective and the collective is creating me, but only in my creation of the collective. And I've been suggested this by this thing that also seems external, which actually isn't because I've created that too. And so you're in this like, simulation warp of yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. and eventually if it gets complicated enough for your brain you're just going to pop out of it because you're going to be like i don't i can't deal with this on a mental level it's not because it's not mental it actually makes sense to me because the way i've when i first started learning about the law of attraction i remember thinking uh, my first thoughts were well how can that be possible because based on what I am attempting to attract or what my vibration is, suddenly I'm like shifting what the outcomes of all these people's lives are. Or when you hear like your, the people in your life are a reflection of you in one way or another. And I'm like, yeah, but what about before they met me? Like what, like, you know, like all of a sudden they're now just here to be a reflection of me. It sounds very egocentric. And through deeper learning, what I came to understand how I viewed it is because there is no time and because things are infinite. It's like everything is happening at once and there are multiple layers of this very moment. And so for, which means that there are multiple versions of me at any given moment and which, which layer, which level is my consciousness currently tuning into based on my vibration. So there's a reality where if I choose this, I'm going to go lower and I'm going to affect my husband's life in a negative way, but I'm only interacting with him at that vibration of existence. If I choose to be happier, if I choose to be optimistic about what's happening in this world and I choose to show up as my best self, I'm going to tune into a different version of this reality and I will be experiencing other people at their higher versions of this reality. And so that's kind of how I understand it, where it's like I'm not affecting what other people are doing. I am tuning into a different vibration of the collective and of other people based on what I'm choosing in that moment. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, it totally does. It's it's absolutely on on par with what they're they're explaining and the law of attraction teachings. And then sort of even further than that is there there are realities where there are no humans, you know, not even just on this planet, but like there's so much. Not only have we not been as our individual consciousness, but we also have been. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I like to play a game with myself when I get into these like paradox loops. And it actually ties back to that question of like, how do you know if you're in unity or not? I like to play this game with myself where, you know how people like think about like, oh, I was this person in a past life or I was this person in a past life and they talk about past lives. What I like to think about is like parallel lives. Okay. So like 
I like to think about the person in front of me as literally me in a past life, but not even in a past life. Like in a current present now life, all of the people are my past lives. So that makes it really, really easy to start like connecting with people on a unity level. You kind of, you kind of just see them and go like, Oh, I remember when I was you, you know? (laughs) And so you kind of like, you tune into them as if you would tune into like, you know, an 18th century king or something that someone told you you were once, you know, and you can take on their, their life experience and their place in life in a completely different way and realize that anyone you have in front of you, even if it's like a murderous rampaging, I don't even know what, anyone who's in front of you is you under other circumstances. It's you if you'd been born in that place to those parents and that thing had happened on Thursday and this thing, they'd eaten that sandwich and everything. So everyone is literally just you because the only reason why you're you is because you've had the specific experiences that you've had. You were born into your body and you had, you know, whatever happened. So that's a really nice way to, to come back to unity and ties in with what you were saying about arriving at those different levels. So we're in like linear realities. We get to be ourselves for our whole lives in theory. We've been told that. I, I don't know. Could change tomorrow. Uh, and, um, and you shift to your different vibrations, right? But they're all happening simultaneously. All of them. All the versions of all the people of all the everything. So... Well, I've absolutely (laughs) loved this conversation. So thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us. And I I needed this conversation. I've gone through ups and downs for sure in the last few weeks. I've moved. I found out I was pregnant. I'm just going through all this stuff. And so I have been experiencing these versions of myself where I can feel myself being like, this is too much. The world is happening to me. My body's happening to me. And then, but I have all the tools right there. And I'm like, Melissa, you know what you should be doing right now? Like, you need to shift this vibration. And so I feel like this was totally in line with what I needed. So thank you. And for listeners who are resonating as much as I am, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Um, well, I'm on Instagram as Jessica Herman. Um, that's what the CK, a, eh? uh, or www.jpherman.com or, uh, the Vagrian channeling community group on Facebook. And you can search for Vagrian, that's V-A-G-R-E-I-N on YouTube, or even just Google, and it's the only thing that'll come up. So (laughs) so you won't have trouble finding us. I'd like to just leave you with, just because you you mentioned that thing about you saying like, oh, you know, you should be on a different level or whatever like that. One of the one things that I really got from, from interacting with Vagrian was that everything, especially all of our choices, are 100% right in every moment so when we go and we beat ourselves up about anything that we're doing or happening or feeling or thinking or we're really just uselessly adding more just time wasting to our paths only because everything is accepted by the highest consciousness with such joy and such love and such gratitude from sort of the higher levels of consciousness because everything is part of the all that is and every single thing is needed. So all of those versions of vibrations, whichever one you choose to experience, whether you choose to be in a bad mood or have a fight with someone, or you choose to be what you call the best version of yourself, every single one of them is the best version of ourselves. So that's something that like, they are constantly, and in fact, they're like right here, right now going, say this, you know, they're they're trying to say like, get this message out. Um, we're all doing great and everything's okay. 
All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 148. So this week, your challenge is to ask yourself, where am I experiencing separation? Is it within myself? Is it within my family? Between me and the person in my relationship? Remember, as with everything in these little introspective exercises, try not to judge yourself. No judgment here, just compassion. We all have separation in different areas of our lives. The goal is to become aware of it so that we can start to heal it. But often, I think we want to seek the answers outside of ourselves through Google or another podcast. It's great to get inspiration, but there's also a time to sit with it on your own without looking for answers outside of yourself, to actually look for the answers within yourself. And so you might not have all the answers right now, but what if you sat there with yourself in stillness and asked, where am I experiencing separation? And when you started to get little ideas, you just trusted your knowing, and then you asked yourself, what do I need to do to experience unity? How can I heal some of this separation? and listen for the answers again. And again, trust your knowing, take action on it. Go with the first instinct instead of doubting or wondering if you really heard something, even if it's vague. Just go with whatever you hear, do it. The more that you do this, the more you build your relationship between you and your knowing, between you and your inner wisdom. And so you're able to receive wisdom and guidance even more often. You'll be able to learn your own language. So let me know how it goes. Reach out to me at MindLoveMelissa. And if you loved this episode, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and tag me at MindLoveMelissa or MindLovePodcast. We also have some really amazing episodes this month in our Mind Love membership. So you can get more information about that at mindlove.com slash premium. Basically, you get four extra episodes per month. You get meditations. You get Ask Me Anything access so you can reach out to me whenever you want. Inspirational wallpapers, a community of people, all the fun stuff. So again, that's at mindlove.com slash premium. And as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 